Hey now, you're listening to The Cycle, a podcast where we cycle through everything from sports to music to entertainment. Thank you for joining us, and as always, be sure to subscribe to us on YouTube, tune in on Apple Music and Spotify, and keep checking out our Twitter, at TheCyclePod underscore, for news on our latest content. With the NFL draft in our rearview mirror, we got a lot to talk about, but first, we got to introduce today's crew, Ben, say what's up. What's happening? Will, say good morning. Yo. Jared, what's hanging? How are y'all doing today? AJ, can you speak? What's up? Gentlemen, welcome. Let's start today's cycle. And I'd like to kick things off with busts. And if you've ever paid to see Ben Affleck's Batman, I think you know what a bust is. Ben, I'm going to start here with you. Who left the draft experience who's ultimately going to feel disappointed? Well, I think you've got to start with picks 2, 3, and 19 here. These got to be the worst <laughs> draft choices throughout the entire first round, man. I mean, just look at where they went to college. Ohio <laughs> State, garbage. No one prepares them for the league. I don't think any of them will have a career other than Chase Young and Jeff Okuda. They're pretty good. But then again, don't even get me started on the pudge ball that was picked by the Baltimore Ravens in the second round. J.K. Nubbins, I think's his name. Something like that. <laughs> Complete bust. Waste of a pick. Uh, so I'm actually with Ben on pick 19. I think that was a big-time reach. I also think that A.J. Terrell at 16, I believe it was, was also a huge reach. I think teams just reached on corners at this point, so – I mean, I think they're both not going to be nearly as good as their picks. And I think people should have gone with someone else there instead of them. I would say by far the worst draft of any team is the Green Bay Packers. Mm. You picked the first two rounds. You picked a quarterback and a running back. Those are, the mm. two, those are the two positions that you're set at. Why are you picking a quarterback and a running back? It just doesn't make sense to me. I like it. They're thinking in the long term, man. You have Jordan Love learning underneath uh, Aaron Rodgers for the next couple years. I mean, you've had big-time quarterbacks, including Tom Brady, this past offseason that have gone to uh, different uh, teams on big deals. I mean, if they can't pay him in the future and they think Jordan Love can be their guy, I'm, I don't doubt him. I think you get five years out of Aaron Rodgers, so I, I really think having a guy sit on the bench for five years is a waste of a pick, personally. I'm actually with Will here. Um, I do hate how they didn't pick a receiver. Like, I'm sure Aaron Rodgers is really pissed about that, along with the fact that they picked a quarterback. But if we've seen anything, Aaron Rodgers had some troubles with the Packers recently, and I think there's a good chance he'll, he could leave at some point or retire out of the blue. We don't know. And, I mean, this is what they did with Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers. Had Rodgers sit for three years and come in to be the starter immediately after he left. So, I mean, I think it could, be, it could work out really well because Jordan Love, although he's raw and had a really bad year last year, super talented guy. I mean, they could – they would develop Rodgers. I think they have a chance of developing him too into a pretty solid quarterback. Well, yeah, but, AJ, I think a question that you guys should answer is if Aaron Rodgers leaves, is it because he was already planning on doing so or is it because moves like this where you draft a running back when you have Aaron Jones, you draft – Jordan Love when you have Aaron Rodgers and you're not supporting a guy like him, uh, could that cause him to leave? Uh, that's a good point, Jeff. I mean, he's always had problems that he's been describing with the Packers recently. I mean, he doesn't even talk to his own family either, but <laughs> let's just say, like, I would understandably be upset if he 
he has never really had a first-round receiver drafted for him. And I think I saw a stat today. He's only thrown one touchdown to a first-round pick, and it is Mercedes Lewis last year. So, I mean, I could clearly see why he's upset about that. That's a good point in saying that he might be upset about that and leave in the future to play for another team, like maybe the Saints after Drew Brees retires. I just think it shows that the Green Bay Packers, even as good as Aaron Rodgers is, might be looking to move on from him because they did absolutely nothing to help him out. And this could be a way of trying to drive him out of Green Bay with many year, many of the past years with him not getting along with coaches and him supposedly having this say-on-say attitude problem up there. So it could be one of those situations. See, I personally don't agree with that line of thinking because you went 13-3 and and made the NFC Championship last year. Um, I mean, you're a game away from winning the Super Bowl or being in the Super Bowl, I should say. So I don't really see why you're so quick to move on when that happens. I mean, I'm not Matt LaFleur or the GM out there, but when you have a guy who's been in the GOAT conversation – uh, I personally don't think he's the GOAT, but he's in that conversation, one of the most talented guys to ever play. I don't think you could be so quick to move on from that because you're always in win-now mode as long as you have Aaron Rodgers, in my opinion. I'm, I'm not saying that they should move on from it. I'm just saying it might be a situation that they might, as an organization, looking towards. Me, personally, I'd keep Aaron Rodgers there till he died. <laughs> hey, Aaron Rodgers couldn't chug all of his beer at the Milwaukee Bucks game, so maybe that's why he want to move on. It was embarrassing. Yeah, but did you see his left tackle? I mean, what's that guy's name? Bechtar or something? Fuck uh, Bechtar. Yeah, you see that guy chug it? Like, I mean, he's hey. got Aaron Rodgers covered there. <laughs> in, in all seriousness, though, uh, one bust that I really have is I don't know if he's necessarily going to be a terrible player, but Jalen Rager, who was picked by the Eagles, like, how, how with Justin Jefferson on the board and them having a need at receiver, how do you pass on a guy like that? Or mm-hmm. even C.D. Lamb, you could have moved up five spots to draft a much-needed receiver because they had eight draft picks and six picks within the first four rounds of the NFL draft. They had to draft capital to be able to move up five slots, draft C.D. Lamb, a top three receiver out of the draft, but they let their rival and the Cowboys get him, and then they settle for Rager. I just – think that was a terrible move by their part how about their pick of Jalen Hurts though I mean yeah, they think he's the next Taysom Hill <laughs> I do understand to a small extent because Carson Wentz hasn't really been able to stay healthy for the playoffs so it makes some sense of why maybe they look to do that and so it's like the best pick available but I mean Carson Wentz is really talented he's still young I think it, they just should have looked elsewhere and not picked Hurts there I think that's also a very bad pick I think it was just too early for them to look into a quarterback, especially with Wentz just starting his four-year $128 million extension this season. I'm going to play devil's advocate here, and um, I would say that I can kind of see their line of thinking because a few years ago when they won the Super Bowl, granted they had probably the most talented roster in the league that season, but they also won with a backup quarterback. And um, Carson Wentz has been hurt several times in his career so far. So I could see their line of thinking. It's almost like a Teddy Bridgewater situation where you get a guy that you think could win you a couple games when your starter's out. And um, I think that would set them up for a situation to be successful. Personally, I don't agree with the Eagles fans disliking Jalen Hurts simply because he got drafted. Like, it's not his fault that he got picked there. Yes, it is. (laughs) Yeah, I'm with Nug on that, too. They shouldn't go at players just because of that. Yeah, and I think the question is, you know, Nick Foles, yeah, he was a backup quarterback, but he was also a previous starter in the league through 28 touchdowns to like two interceptions one year. What are reasonable expectations for Jalen Hurts? 
Uh, I mean, he was an experienced guy. He did really well in college, especially when he moved to Oklahoma. He had a pretty good year. So I think he could be a pretty good quarterback given the right training. I think I, ex- I'll be honest. I don't know what their plan is with Carson Wentz. I mean, they've touted him before as the face of the franchise, but I I don't know what they're going to do with Jalen Hurts, to be honest. If they're trying to move on from him, if they're trying to just draft a lifelong backup, which I don't know why you're doing that as early as they picked him. But, yeah, I'm not sure of their, um, their direction with that pick. If you're a Philly fan, your expectations for Jalen Hurts should be to not throw a single ball all season. You want Carson Wentz to play all 16 games and remain healthy for them throughout the playoffs if they are lucky enough to get there. You, you maybe he need get a couple receptions, a couple carries, but as a, from a quarterback standpoint, I wouldn't want him to throw the ball. I really think he could be similar to what Taysom Hill is for um, uh, New Orleans. They're very similar in size. Hill's six two two twenty one. Hurts is six one two thirty. They ran similar times in the forty. Um, if they want to try that, maybe. I mean, they saw how successful Sean Payton has been with Taysom, and that's a guy that is a good athlete. You could get him on the field. But I don't know if a gadget player is what you should be taking around to. You, you about to play Jalen Hurts at special teams. Put him on the kickoff team, yeah? <laughs> hey, man, Jalen Hurts would do anything for his team, man. He stayed at Alabama and was a great teammate, so who knows? Well, I don't know if you do anything. I think that fire festival brings into the question of would you really do anything uh, to keep your job? But that's probably not something Jalen Hurts will be willing to do. Guys, uh, let's just get some other names out here who you think are just going to be busts that are going to fail in the NFL. Will? Um, I think an easy pick would definitely be A.J. Terrell. I mean, we mentioned him last podcast, his – um. There were a couple of performances throughout the year where he just got absolutely torched, and I could definitely see the same thing happening with him on the Falcons. I think an example here, and maybe an unpopular opinion, uh, the Raiders taking Henry Ruggs at number 12. Uh, The guy is extremely talented, but we've seen this not work out well for the Raiders in the past. Uh, Evidence, I think, was in like 07 or 08 when they picked Darius Hayward Bay, uh, who's the fastest player in the draft, big play receiver. And uh, they drafted based on speed, and he didn't pan out very well for them. Do I think Ruggs will be a bust? No, but there is always a possibility. You can't just risk just because somebody's fast. My um, yeah, I'm with Nug on that as well. Uh, he, I think there's no way he should have been the first receiver taken. That's just another Gruden move, just not caring what the board is like and just taking the guy he likes. And that's a typical Raiders move as well, just picking based on speed, as we saw they do in the past. Um but I just think it wasn't a good move for them. I think both their first-round picks were pretty bad. I think they were both reaches, especially with Judy and Lamb available at 12. I mean, I just don't agree with that pick at all. Okay, then, guys, uh, you know, everyone that says Henry Ruggs is going to be successful, especially in the AFC West, is going to say, look at Tyreek Hill. So what's going to be the difference between those two especially you guys that are saying Henry Ruggs isn't going to be as great. You know, what makes the difference between having great speed and being a great player? Uh, Tyreek Hill has has Pat Mahomes. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's about it right there. I mean, Tyreek Hill also is – his, like, acceleration and burst out of breaks is some of the best that I've ever seen as well. Like, it's not just his straight line speed. It's just his ability to 
just stop and go another direction just at like a snap of fingers like it's incredible to watch just how quick he can just go from stopping to full speed again it's impossible to guard him and while Darren Waller is good I don't think he's anywhere near near Travis Kelsey's uh production so oh hell no I mean whenever you have him on the field opening up the intermediate routes I mean you're gonna be able to go deep all the time wherever you have to double either one of the two Mm-hmm. Yeah, Travis Kelsey's not only a great tight end who could block and go out and catch, but he's also a great bachelor. He had his own TV show, got tons of girls. I mean, you cannot go wrong with that, man. He's like A.J. Morrow. Gets hey, hey, easy That's on awesome. Darren Waller. Kind of Darren Waller's going to – Darren Waller will have <laughs> – Darren Waller will have better production than Tony Gonzalez this season, mark my words. Whoa. Yeah, he had a 1,000-yard season last year. You have some other facts to back that up, Ben? No, nah, just the fact that Tony Gonzalez isn't going to play. Nice. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> Pretty clever. That's like when someone says – Yeah, that's like when someone says, I can predict the score of the game before it even starts, and it's always 0-0. Zero, zero. Guys, <laughs> let's move on to some impact players here. Uh, who really excels in the NFL? Uh – well, Chase Young is an obvious pick, obviously. He was just an, I mean, best all-around prospect in the draft. He's in a good place with a great um, D-line. I really think he's going to be a great pick for them. I think he's going to be really successful and get a lot of sacks from. And I'm really excited to see what they do with all those good D-line in Washington. I think a big play uh, or a big uh, pickup is the Colts getting Michael Pittman Jr. in round two. Uh, the guy is a, a unit. He is 6'4", 220. And we know from the past that Phil Rivers really likes his big play receivers. Vincent Jackson, when he was first coming up in the, the glory years of the Chargers. And uh, recently it's been Mike Williams filling that role. I think Michael Pittman will be a big impact player as a rookie. Going to my boy, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, baby. I mean, <laughs> you've seen this offense – without a like decent stalwart running back. Now you have a guy that can run every route in the book out of the backfield, guy that can play the slot on the backside and run option routes all day. I'd love to see it. I mean, they need they need a little bit of help on defense still, but I think that pick that is that just completed their offense. Ben, what say you? My uh, biggest one here, we got look, the last pick in the fourth round, the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, uh, the Dallas Cowboys added Tyler Biedish, the center guard from Wisconsin. I think he steps in and probably starts immediately on that team with the retirement of Travis Frederick. And Travis Frederick was a beast, probably a top five center when he was, when he was active during play. But Tyler Biedish will step in, and I think he can be a franchise center for that team, and uh, they might not lose a beat adding him. AJ. Uh, yeah, along with Young, I mean, there were some good second-round picks. A lot of good receivers were taken in the second round, like a KJ Hamler, T. Higgins, and as well as Nug said, Michael Pittman. I think all those guys are going to work out. It was a really deep class for them. And also, I really love the pick from the Cowboys, the DN out of Utah. I think he's going to be a really good player for them, and I'm shocked he fell that far. So I think that he's going to be a really good grab for them, especially with their weak spot at DN. Yeah, and just go ahead. Sorry, AJ, can I? Oh. AJ, can I ask you a question? What? Where did KJ Hamler go to school? Penn State, baby. 
Yeah, that means he won't do anything in the NFL. Dude, that man is electric. <laughs> he will be a great receiver at Denver, bro. Trash. We got two trash, more real quick. Trash. Two more real quick. Uh, the Panthers taking Yator Gross Matos, putting him with Derek Brown immediately. Great Dude, pick. where did he go to school? you, uh, baby. We're keeping it up. Probably, probably, only good probably shit only. university. <laughs> yes. And um, my other one was the Bucks taking Antoine Winfield Jr. in round two. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he's going to be a Pro Bowl safety, to be honest. He looks really good. Yeah, That's guys, a good statement that I'm right I, there with you, man. Just Jordan. for our viewers out there that aren't familiar with us, both AJ and Ben talked about Cowboys players. Both are Steelers fans. Ben's also an Eagles fan, so that's, you know, a, a double felony to compliment the Cowboys. So I'm sure both of them would rather kiss a leper than see them succeed. So, you know, that's high praise coming from them. But who knows? They've both played football, gotten hit in the head a couple times. Let's switch to immediate impacts. Who joins the NFL right away, day one, makes an impact? Will? Um, I'd say if you're talking about strict production – I would definitely talk about the two linebackers that are coming in for the Ravens. I mean, when you're starting a guy like LJ Fort as your number one inside linebacker, I think that you'll have two rookies starting on that defense as soon as the uh, season rolls around in Patrick Queen and Malik Harrison. Malik Harrison's a dog, let me tell you. <laughs> um, I think Jeff come in and have some immediate production for the Lions. Uh, he's going to go right into the number one corner slot. I really like him coming out of Ohio State. I got to watch him a few times, and he's just an incredible player. I think he's going to be really good starting for the Lions. All right, Jared. One guy, I, one guy I really love at the Broncos got at 15. He is uh, one of the best college receivers that I ever witnessed watching. One of the things, and, and it sounds – like it should be common nature for receivers. But if you watch him, when he catches a pass, he keeps his feet moving at the same speed before he catches and after. He doesn't change speeds from the time he catches the ball, possesses it, and gets his run after the catch. There's no change in speed, and I think just because of that, he'll translate great into the NFL, and him and Drew Locke could create something special out there in Denver. I could see Chase Young having a similar rookie season to what Nick Bosa had last year. Uh, He doesn't – they have good talent around him on their D-line, uh, so he doesn't have to play a whole lot of snaps immediately so he can stay fresh throughout the game. Uh, I also think that Isaiah Simmons seriously could be an all-pro his rookie year as long as they don't screw it up. <laughs> hey, I mean, it's Arizona. They don't play a lot of defense over there. No, they just got Cliff Kingsbury in that swimming pool of his, his bachelor yeah, pad. that house. <laughs> bachelor pad. <laughs> you know he's got tons of ladies coming over there. That's almost as nice as uh, Will's flow was back in the day. Oh, my God. <laughs> Let's not talk about that. Mullet man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Will, uh, do you have an immediate impact player? Um, I'd say another guy would definitely be Alabama offensive tackle, Jedrick Wills. I mean, that's – exactly what they needed was an offensive tackle they've been struggling on the line I mean whenever you're collecting talent like that and you still can't win there's only one place to point to and that's going to be the offensive line why are you going to blame the offensive line that's where it all goes down to you know about that brother <laughs> hey hey don't ever blame the hogs man they try their best and they get no glory don't you ever blame exactly. the hogs the hogs <laughs> I mean one pick I was really surprised by was the fact that Tristan Wirfs was only the fourth offensive tackle taken. And 
I think he's going to be a great pick for the Buccaneers, which, oh. I mean, he, it's obvious he's going to make an immediate impact on that line. Unfortunately, I just don't understand how he fell as the fourth offensive tackle taken, especially with Andrew Thomas, who I thought was going to be in the fourth offensive tackle taken, was actually the first, the Giants. That was a really surprising pick to me. I think all four are going to be good, but, I mean, we'll see how it works out for them. One more. Dark horse uh, pick in the third round. I'm going to say Devin DuVernay is going to lead the Ravens in receptions this year. Really? Wow. Over Hollywood Brown. I think so. I think Brown's more of a deep ball receiver. He'll probably end up with more yards, but I think DuVernay is the perfect underneath target because Lamar can't really throw past his face mask. So, <laughs> Hey, man. He's got Mark Andrews, though. Yeah, he's got a second-round bust, too. <laughs> All right, well, guys, uh, let's segue into some players that you think, yeah, they can be good, but where they were taken, it was certainly a reach. You know, not necessarily a bust. Just mm-hmm. a reach. Uh, Ruggs is the perfect example of that for me. We already went over him a lot. I think he's exactly what that is. I think you'd definitely go with the quarterbacks here. I mean, I think that they're talented, but I don't know if they're all three of them are going to be top six talent quarterbacks between Tua and uh, Justin Herbert especially. Those are more like middle first round talents to me, especially Justin Herbert. He, if it was me, he'd probably fall to the end of the first round, maybe even the second round, but I mean, all right. Uh, going to finish that sentence there. <laughs> nah, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> That's when the CTE just kicks in like that. Yep. Yeah, I ain't got any of that. <clears throat> yeah, I don't know about that, Benjamin. <laughs> I think aside from the obvious, being uh, Jalen Hurts being a little bit of a reach, uh, I would also say that. Someone like Cole Komet might have been a little bit of a reach. Um, I think tight ends don't really need to go that high unless they're going to be game breakers immediately, and I don't know if that's him. Yeah, and the Bears have, what, 10 tight ends? Tight ends, yeah. I think that was just a weird pick for them. They already signed two tight ends of free agency. They they just released Trey Burton, though, but still, I just think that's just – I don't really see the fit there for them. And I think Mitch Trubisky is just – or Nick Foles, either one of them. Whoever has the privilege of being a terrible quarterback for them, it's just the offense is going to be sputtering. So we'll see. Hey, they <laughs> came out the very first play of the season last year to commemorate 100, or 100 years of the NFL in the uh, wing tee. So looks like they're just going to base out of that now. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't blame him. Figures you'd say that. He couldn't hit the side of a barn, Mitch Trubisky, brand. <laughs> How big's the barn? It's it's Big Ben. That's good. That's good. <laughs> Big Barn Ben. Farm that alliteration Ben's. skills probably got you a pretty high score in English, huh, AJ? That's right, Jiffy Jeff. Hey, you just got to remember, no matter how well schools like Navy and Georgia Tech do, the double wing doesn't work. It doesn't work. <laughs> we were told that by – Definitely didn't work at Trinity West, let me tell you. <laughs> doesn't work. All right, uh, guys, I want to go into some surprises now. Uh, you know, we've talked about some reaches. We've talked about some busts. But, you know, maybe just some picks that you weren't expecting. Um, I think the first one was definitely just Andrew Thomas at four, like I said earlier. when That was the 
I was just so shocked when I saw that pick. I couldn't believe it. I thought he was going to be the fourth tackle taken. I think it will end up being a good pick, like I said, but I was just really surprised when I saw that. I was surprised to see um, Jalen Rigger go at 21 to the Eagles, especially when someone like Jefferson's there. And I was also surprised to see my boy from Ohio State, K.J. Hill, fall the way to the seventh round. Uh, I think that was a good pick for the Chargers. He'll start day one for them as their slot receiver. I was surprised he got drafted. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you know, Ohio State players are about as reliable as the North Korean newsletter. I'm really sorry if you're an Ohio State fan to any listener. (laughs) No, I'm not sorry. You chose the wrong school. Penn State for life. In all honesty, I I was really surprised by the Arnett pick as well. I mean, not to keep shitting on Ohio State people, but I I just don't think that was a great pick for them. Like I was saying earlier, I just really don't like that pick. Well, I mean, staying with the You look a little upset. I'm good. <laughs> okay. Even Henry Ruggs going as the first wide receiver. I mean, I know the NFL teams value speed, but to pick him over guys like Judy and Lamb is just kind of surprising to me. One more was a guy that didn't get drafted at all, Thad Moss. I mm-hmm. can't believe he did not get drafted. Yeah, that was surprising. Uh, I believe the Redskins picked him up, right? Yes. Yeah, that yeah, concern would be a steal. And his backup was uh, chosen over him too, kind of. Really, kind of crazy to think. Yeah, they took the. I don't remember his name. Uh, Stephen Sullivan. Stephen Sullivan, the tight end, backup <laughs> tight end from LSU, dude. That sounds the, like a agent right there. <laughs> the Seahawks took him, and Thad Moss was nowhere to be found. You know he's out there eating crawfish right now, just in the, in the bayou. <laughs> yeah, and I've just got to say, when you, when you move into those later rounds. You know, you're looking for those, like, guys that can just, like, burst out of their expectations. And Thaddeus Moss, you're, when your dad's Randy Moss, like, why not take a risk on a guy like that rather than the backup? I'd definitely say seeing Jonathan Taylor go to the uh, Colts was a huge surprise. Whenever they already have guys like Hines and um, Marlon Mack, I don't know why you pick another running back. I mean, it's nice to have a full stable of them, but having an extra one like him it just seems like a waste of talent, to be honest with you. I think if you're thinking of it from their perspective, I think Taylor will be better than both of them immediately. But it's not like Mac is bad. So I, maybe it wasn't a need, but they might have just went best player available. Uh, Bill, to address what you're saying, I actually am seeing today that Mac is going to become a trade target for a lot of teams, and they're looking to trade him. And they're going to make Taylor the starter and then have guys like Hines, who already have, like, Established roles as backup running backs stay there and use Mac as a target to clear up some space and um, get an extra pick for next year's draft. Well, I mean, if I'm a team in need of a running back and I see him there along with Jonathan Taylor and Naheem Hines, I'd be like, hell, give me that guy. If you're not <laughs> going to use him, fuck, I will. <laughs> like Matt Bridge. AJ, AJ, where do you see Marlon Mack potentially going? Uh, well, that's the thing. I'm not really sure who would take him. It's just that he's on the block, at least, is what I saw. Hey, I'd take him. Steelers, why not? Right? I mean, yeah, the Steelers honestly could be a viable option. See somebody like the Texans taking a flyer on him eventually if David Johnson doesn't pan out. Woo! <laughs> What's that for, Ben? <laughs> David Johnson, the goat, man. He was a pud last year. Did you? He looked so slow in one of those. You have a pud. 
Oh, wow. He's ass. All, the only reason you want him to do good is because you have him in fantasy. I am right. He's acting up. <laughs> well, guys, uh, another surprise, you know, I thought at least, was Isaiah Simmons going to the Cardinals. In our NFL draft show, everyone here said, you got to take a tackle, you got to take a tackle. But then again, we thought Isaiah Simmons would go earlier than eight. So, um, you know, what should Kyler Murray's reaction be taking a defensive guy instead of a lineman? Uh, I wouldn't really be too mad about it because he's just going to help you get back on the field with how good he is on defense. And besides that, they also got Josh Jones in the third, which was a great pick. I love that pick a lot, and he'll be able to fill that tackle spot that they needed. So I wouldn't be too upset, especially because they got Hopkins as well. Like, that is just – what a trade. Yeah, they needed help Terrific all over insight. that defense if they wanted to keep him on the field. So building around Simmons is definitely a good way to go, even if it isn't taking an offensive tackle. I mean, he's the ultimate Swiss Army knife on defense. He literally said, uh, you have 53 players, but when you draft me, it feels like you have 56. I respect that. <laughs> But then they'd be over the limit. Yeah, then you get yeah, some twelve-man penalties, uh, and like that just com- complicates things. At least he wasn't like Judy and got a nine in the Wonderlic score. I had to bring that up. Maybe that's why he fell, man. They just saw a guy who just wouldn't remember any of the routes. Yeah, and when you're in Denver, how much do you really need to know? Yeah, all they did is tell him to run. Oh, my God, with that thin air, he's going to pass out on the field. <laughs> he's not gonna, probably doesn't remember how to breathe properly. In through your mouth, out through your nose, right? <laughs> do you think, what do you think his awareness on Madden will be next year? It's probably going to be like a 90 or something. They make it nice and realistic. <laughs> yeah, but they give that lineman like a 53, and apparently he doesn't even know how to get out of bed in the morning. <laughs> he can't get out of bed without <laughs> shitting his pants. <laughs> Gary's <laughs> probably aware that he's just very stupid, so maybe that's why he's aware. He's hey, he was aware enough to make sure his – no, wait, was that C.D. Lamb that made sure his girlfriend didn't get Yes, his... it was C.D. Lamb. I can't believe you haven't mentioned that. <laughs> C.D. Lamb took his girl – the girl tried to take his phone. He said, hell no, give me that shit back. You know how many girls probably texted him when he got drafted? <laughs> I don't blame the man at all. That's your he phone. Booty calls you don't want to see anything. Yeah, I think that's another surprise. C.D. Lamb fell all the way to the Cowboys. Jerry Jones is probably licking his chops down there in Dallas. Yeah, pair somebody up with Cooper like that. I mean, I'd be all for it if I was him. Mm-hmm. I think Lamb's going to end up being the best receiver in the class. Solid choice. They're looking offense over there now. Yeah, so um, – Still going to win eight games. Yeah, that's a good point, Ben. <laughs> huh? Uh, Another, sorry, guys. Go ahead. No, I was just congratulating Ben on his great point because they're incredibly mediocre. I appreciate that, AJ. That means a lot. Yeah, this is this is the kind of podcast we are. We, oh my we god, that's enough of the dick sucking competition. <laughs> hey, hold up, partner. If you want to join in, you don't hey, have to... hey, whoa, whoa, you, the, <laughs> oh dude, we got we got to do with a forum this pants in here. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> have you seen that thing, man? Massive. You've seen it? <laughs> Whoa, I didn't go there, did I? This is where you get your NFL draft stuff right here, gentlemen. <laughs> we call we don't call him forearm bill for nothing. 
the best part of all this is going to be when one of our parents listens in. You know, <laughs> my dad's going to be checking his emails. He's going to find out that another Nigerian prince needs his help. He's going to pay him off, and then he's going to see, oh, what's this cycle podcast? Like, oh, who's forearm Bill? <laughs> Are you sure you'll he'll know how to work it? Oh, definitely not. <laughs> he'll need my help. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay, guys, uh, let's talk about some QBs. 4-1 in round one. Obviously, some more afterwards. Some guys are expected to be backups. Some guys are expected to take the starting role. Let's talk about uh, Joe Burrow at first. Entering a pretty tough division defensively. What do you guys think he can do? He'll throw it to A.J. Green 100 times a game. <laughs> I mean, he's got good weapons with Green and uh, Tyler Boyd. They drafted and Joe Mixon, so Tyler I think Boyd is success. a gem. I think we'll have some success. I think we'll have some success early. Where did Tyler Boyd go to college? Shit, yeah, baby. Whoa, 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 whoa! Pitt. Hail to Pitt, baby. Pitt yeah, is shit. Whoa, whoa, Nug. I'm actually can we mute, mute Nug? <laughs> Burrow, I think, is going to have a pretty good year. I mean, Zach Taylor was a Rams guy, so I think he'll set up a good offense for him. He's got some good weapons in Mixon. He's got some good receivers. I think he's going to have a pretty good year starting off with the Bengals. Only problem is their line is a little weak. That's probably going to be a hard adjustment. But Burrow's a great innovator, as he showed us at LSU, so I think he'll be able to make some plays on the run. Yeah, I think one of his strongest traits was being able to face down the blitz and throw to check downs at – whenever needed. So even if that line's going to be a turnstile the entire year, he can still pick up blitzes and understand how to um, innovate on the uh, fly. So You get the ball to Joe Mixon. He's electric. He can, he can make it happen. <laughs> he also yeah. throws a mean right hook. <laughs> oh, my. That's <laughs> oh, God. Up. That's up. Oh, that's rough. I mean, he's not the only one in Cincinnati who had a mean right hook. They had plenty of players in the past. Vontez Perfect. Probably can't even spell I his own name Jones, anymore. Baby. <laughs> what about Kareem Hunt, man? He's got more of a mean kick. Someone he's, should sign. Yeah, someone, someone, some, someone should sign him to five million dollars just to be their kicker, man. He's the number one kicker in fantasy this year. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, just to be clear, no violence in any way. Yeah, just to be clear, you know, what these guys do off the field and what they're accused of, it's some of the most horrendous things that we can hear about and certainly stuff that it's just so hard to even imagine because you just don't expect that out of people. But, uh, you know, when it comes to their football skill, you know, sometimes that stuff will get overlooked. Uh, back to Joe Burrow, though. Uh, you know, Jared, as an OSU fan, uh, do you take credit for Joe Burrow? Um, well, it's a double-edged sword here. I think that some of his coaching from Urban Meyer and Ryan Day definitely helped him out, but I, I think Joe Brady had the biggest impact on him, so I, I can't claim him. That's what we like to hear, gentlemen, not Thank an God, Ohio State product. An accurate statement. Just with his voice, he probably heard Edo's voice so much that that stuff just made him so much of a better player. Like, listen to that voice. I feel like just makes me stronger. It makes me more of a man. AJ, put your shirt back on. <laughs> For everyone's information, my shirt is on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
we're not that kind of podcast here. Oh, we why not? Be. Why not? Why can't we be naked? Okay, let's Jesus just calm down, guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, back to the Joe Burrow thing. I hate it when Ohio State people like to take credit for <laughs> Joe Burrow. You know, that's like you're dating uh, Kelly Warblock, that girl from the Baywatch or any supermodel, and you dump her and you go with Kathy Griffin. And you're like, hey, I used to have a supermodel. But, yeah, you let her go. So, Well, still, uh, blaming him or not, I will say that having two of the top three come from your school is very impressive. So I'll give you that. Yeah, it's good recruiting, but you didn't capitalize on it. Yeah, the scheme there, it's pretty easy. Pretty much just man up everybody and just let your five stars play. <laughs> All right, let's switch to the next quarterback, Tua Tagovailoa. Ben. What about him? <laughs> you think he stays healthy? <laughs> Potentially. I mean, there's you could never know. I mean, he's had injury concerns in his past, but well, that's a hot take. Potentially, thanks, thanks Jiffy. I mean, I think he could end up being the most talented quarterback in the class from some of the stuff we saw at Ohio State. I mean, Alabama. My bad. <laughs> We're just talking about Ohio State too much here. But anyways, I think Tua can definitely be a great quarterback. It's just obviously health is a major concern, and it's even more concerning considering Miami. Still needs to build up their line. They made some good picks on the line with Robert Hunt and some other guys. It's just seeing if, like, and Austin Jackson as well, I believe. But they're still going to be rookies. They still need to develop. And I don't know if you're going to want to play him right away, especially coming with his injury and playing with a line that needs to develop. All right, guys. Go ahead, Go ahead, Jeff. Sorry. No, Will. Go ahead. I will say picking four offense or three offensive linemen within your first five picks is definitely a good uh, sign that they're trying to build around him. Mm-hmm. I think it's all just going to be based on how good of a connection he develops with uh, Devontae Parker. Uh, it's a very talented receiver they have, and they also have Mike Kosicki. So I think I think he's going to be successful if he's able to work with them. Hey, Mike Kosicki is the jump ball god. All right, I want to hold you guys to your predictions here. Who has the better career, Tua or Joe Burrow? Will, let's start with you. I'd definitely say Joe Burrow. I mean, the talent that he has, I'd I'd definitely take him over Tua. And Tua's going to be running around. I mean, you can't really rely on an offensive tackle like that coming straight out of the draft to be a uh, stalwart at left tackle. All right, AJ. Joe Burrow, the GOAT. Well, I'm going to go against everybody. I think Tua's going to have the better career. I see Tua. I think he's super talented, man. I think he's going to surprise everyone. I think he's going to have a great career. And he's got a good coaching staff in Miami, too. They're doing a good job of building around him already. Both terrorized Florida, so I mean. (laughs) Ben. What? Who has the better career? Who? What is it? Who's on first? Tua or Joe Burrow? Uh, given they ha- if they had the same amount of weapons and same offensive line, I'd probably go Tua just because I think he has more pure raw talent and ability. But based off of what they have right now, I would probably go Joe Burrow because I think the Bengals are more set up for success in the immediate future than the Dolphins are. Either even though I don't think either are going to make a big splash. In success in the foreseeable future, though. 
Who would win in a fight? Hey, Tua's got the power of God behind him. He's winning in a fight. <laughs> Joe Burrow looks like the kid from Home Alone, so, I mean, he would come up with some tricks to <laughs> get, get the advantage. Now, I think Joe Burrow looks more like the guy from Shawshank Redemption. No one ever oh, looks that's like good. Shoes. Oh, that, that's like a great comparison. Looks like a younger version of him. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, I'd no one ever Joe looks at his... fight, though. He's definitely got the reach advantage. Tua looks like the guy from The Longest Yard, though. <laughs> Brucey. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like Brucey. <laughs> <laughs> All right, hold on. Speaking of fights, could any coach in the league beat up Mike Vrabel? The answer is obviously no. Absolutely yes, not. Yes, Bill Belichick. Oh, you Bill Belichick would kick his ass. <laughs> <laughs> he knows all his tricks. Hmm. Yeah, John Gruden, man. I mean, hey. That Knock on wood up here with me, man. John Gruden is a baby back bitch. <laughs> Brian All right. looks like a serial killer. He won't do anything when Frank Caliendo is making fun of him to his face. So. Oh, my God. Matt Patricia might actually stand a chance, though. If he, <laughs> if if he gets beard. him in the clench and gets him on the ground, it's over. That is a belly he's got on him, though. <laughs> All right. What a perfect transition into running backs. Uh, we had one taken in round one. And then round two is where we started to see some action. Who's going to be the most successful running back? Will, you said Clyde. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Let's yeah, wh- go. I can't wait for him to. That? Oh, he's going to catch at least 1,000 yards receiving this year. Really? What happens at to Damian Williams? Much? A thousand yards receiving. No, I'm kidding. Okay. But for real, that, he is going <laughs> to have a great season this year. I can already see it. I mean, whenever you have three stud receivers, Travis Kelsey, and you can throw him on the backside. I mean, it's it's over for NFL defenses. I don't know how you're going to be able to challenge their empty sets. Yeah, I think as long as Mahomes is the quarterback, it's going to be Edward Hilaire. But I also think you have to think about J.K. Dobbins in Baltimore. They have the best run-blocking line in the league, and uh, he's literally in the perfect system, and he's pretty much Mark Ingram that's a little faster. How is he going to have the best production where he's splitting carries, though? Yeah, cap. he ain't even going to get 100 carries. I mean, how man. many years do you think Mark Ingram has left? 54. What are we <laughs> talking about just this year or in the well, near future? I mean, if it's in the near, if it's in the near future, I'm going to say Dobbins. But if it's this year, I'm taking Edwards Hilaire. Okay. I mean, I'm torn on who I want to pick. I think the obvious answer is Claude because he has, he's on the perfect offense for him, man. He can just tear up there. But I think JT is the most talented running back in this class. I mean, he's really good. I think he's good in all parts of the game. He just needs to control his fumbling a little bit, but I think he'll be great. Yeah, I think Jonathan Taylor could pro- will probably have the best career out of all. I think all those top five running backs that were taken could have the best car- could have really good careers. I think Taylor could have the best because of his pass catching ability and also because of that offensive line that he's going to run behind in Indianapolis, led by Quentin Nelson. Dude's a beast. Football guy. <laughs> they have a great line there, man. Yeah, running backs on rookie contracts. That is the key to success. They're fun to watch. They're cheap to pay. And then afterwards, they kind of get injured. I, I mean, I'd say the key to success Never is overpay running backs. It is awful to see. I hate it when teams are signing running backs to these big contracts. All right, let's go to wide receivers now. Six were taken in round one, close to the record of seven. A total of 39, I believe, were taken. No, 37. 
I'm sorry. Guys, who has the best career out of all those bunch? Uh, I don't know. I think it depends. I think if you are banking on Joe Burrow being a stud for a long time, I think T. Higgins has that potential. Ooh. Wow. There we go. That's a that's an interesting pick, but I appreciate it. I'm going to go Jerry Judy. I mean, we watched some of Drew Locke last year. He looked like he has some potential, and I think Jerry Judy's the best receiver in the class, so I think he's going to have a pretty good career in Denver with Drew Locke. Yeah, I definitely agree with AJ here. I think that the Drew Locke-Jerry Judy connection could be a very real threat in the AFC for the next, like, maybe even 10-plus years. I really, I really love Judy myself, but I'm going to go with a sleeper here, and he might not have the most production out of all of them, but I like a Devin, the Devin Duvernay guy out of Texas. He is a lightning bolt out of the slot position, and he can contribute in many ways, and he's – I think he can have one of the best careers out of all. I like that pick. I also think sleeper here. Baker Mayfield can get his head out of his ass. Donovan Peoples-Jones in round six. Watch hey, out. Hey, there we go. He's super talented. Should have Rex coming from an Ohio State fan. Oh, of course. Here we go. <laughs> he picked Michigan. He picked fucking Harbaugh over Urban Meyer. How'd that work out for you? <laughs> <laughs> I will say, though, I think CeeDee Lamb. He might have a 1,000-yard season, first season with Dallas, even though he's got a lot of talent around him. Both um, Cooper and – hey, help me out. What's the other receiver's – good receiver's name on Gallup. Dak? Gallup, boy. That's it, yep. Gallup and Cooper both had over 1,000 yards last year. Dak had almost 5,000 yards passing. I think CD's going to end up having a 1,000-yard season next year. Hey, don't forget about that woman eater down there either. <laughs> hey, Zeke. He, he's an eater, man. I mean, he's going to have a good season, too. I can't forget about him, but he's an eater. Yeah, feasting up on tackles for loss. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, I think State product. an interesting question here is because the Cowboys were able to get C.D. Lamb, if they knew they could get him, would they still pay Amari all that money? Uh, I think they still have to, to be honest. He's a great receiver. He – Seems like he has a lot of chemistry with Dak, and Dak had his best season yet with him. Like, Dak just looks like a great player with them, and adding Lamb, obviously, that is great, but I still think they would have paid him, and I actually do think they're going to have a great season next year. I think regardless of who they could have gotten there, they had to pay him, not just because of keeping him for their own team's sake, but a team that could have signed him if they let him go was Philly. They're one of the top runners to possibly prime away. And by Dallas signing him, not only do they help themselves by giving him a franchise receiver, they also take a possible franchise receiver away from Philly. So it's like a double-edged sword. Bold prediction here. Since they're similar types of players, K.J. Hamler is going to be better than Henry Ruggs. That is what I like to hear. And honestly, I might agree. K.J. Hamler showed a lot of talent at Penn State, made a lot of good plays. I think Henry Ruggs, I just see a lot of straight line speed. I see K.J. Hamler making some electric plays with when he gets the ball in his hands, just creating room, creating space, running good routes. I think he'll be a great receiver in Denver along with Jerry Judy. Yeah, I see K.J. Hamler and I see too much Penn State. Well, I think it's also worth noting that, you know, Henry Ruggs is expect, has a lot more expectations on him than K.J. Hamler. Henry Ruggs is going to expect it to be probably the main guy by a lot of people in year one, year two. K.J. Hamler gets to go in there and develop. And it's the same thing for the other Penn State guy, Yitor. You know, he gets to go in there. He's not the main edge rusher that some people thought he'd be late round one. He gets to be on the same line with Brian Burns and Derek Brown. 
And, you know, that sometimes can add up to a lot of success when you get a little bit of pressure taken off you and you can really just focus on your craft. Uh, but, guys, I want to focus the last part of this podcast on the Steelers. Uh, what, do you, what grade would you guys give the Steelers draft? I'll give it a B. Why? Um, I think Claypool has the potential to be a great receiver. I don't know if that was necessarily what we needed in round two. But if he ends up being playing up to his potential, I think it could end up being a great pick. Uh, Juju struggled last year. I mean, I know we didn't have Ben, but we didn't have much help really from the tight ends or anything. So I think with Ben back and being able to move Juju inside where he's able to thrive the most, I think a three-man core of Juju, Claypool, and Johnson with James Washington off the bench could be really successful for us. I would give us a B minus, the Steelers, that is. And, but if you consider Minka as part of their draft class because of them giving up the first-round pick, I'd probably give it like a B plus. But for the draft's sake, don't involve Minka. I'd give them a B minus. And the reason for this is they only had one pick in the top 100, so they didn't have much to work with. And the f- top four guys that they got in their draft, none of them might start from day one per se but all of four of them are going to have some form of impact on the season this year and can t- send that team in, in even a better direction than what they're going. Yeah, I'm going to stick with the B range for the grade. Uh, I think we did a good job with who we picked. It's just a matter of did we fill the needs we needed to. Um, i do not sure we really filled the most important needs, but I think that um, some of our picks are really good. Chase Claypool, super talented guy. I think he – we're great at picking receivers, so I think that pick's going to really work out. Um, some other guys are – Alex Highsmith, I believe his name is, was the, the edge rusher pick. He's going to look like a developmental project, maybe a future replacement for Bud Dupree, so I don't mind that pick. Also, Anthony McFarlane out of Maryland. Let me tell you, that guy was electric when I watched him in some of those games, especially because Ohio State two years ago, he was incredible. He almost led him to a victory by himself. So I think that's a great change of pace back we got there. And then lastly, I think we also picked Kevin Dotson, his name is. He was an All-American in Louisiana guard. I think that was a solid pickup. It's some guy who can make an impact. Uh, if I had to give a grade for our draft class, I'd probably give it a B-plus or even an A-minus. I mean, without having a first-round draft pick and having the haul that we did, I'd definitely say that it, was, it could be in the A-minus range. Uh, getting a guy like Chase Claypool, I think you're going to see us do the same thing with him as we do with Martavis Bryant, minus, of course, the drugs. Um, I think throughout the first half of the season, you might see him run maybe like one or two routes all year. And then by week nine or ten, though, I could definitely see him getting involved in the offense, just running uh, fly routes and posts most of the time. Nothing too extravagant. I mean, he doesn't have the greatest route tree, but he is a great jump ball guy. And I he, I think he could be a great compliment to Juju in the future. And the Kevin Dotson pick is one of the best value picks in the draft, in my opinion. Um, a lot of scouts were touting him as the best run blocker in the draft. And having him to replace um, the interior guys that we've lost, like Ramon Foster, not even from the on-field perspective, but, I mean, this guy's got a huge personality, a personality bigger than even himself. So I, I cannot wait to see him both on and off the field for the next maybe even 10 plus years back to the uh, McFarland pick like AJ mentioned I really think that this guy could end up being our feature back in a few years I, I see a comparison to a former Steelers running back Willie Parker um, McFarland's 5'9 200 pounds Willie Parker was 5'10 210 
and their 40 times are really similar and they both have the same sort of acceleration through the hole. I think that's, I think McFarland's going to be a solid back for us. And I think he'll end up winning the spot over Connor if we keep Connor in the next few years. I mean, he comes into that running back room being probably the most dynamic of all of them mm-hmm. and easily the fastest. For sure. Yeah, he's very electric when he goes through the hole. Yeah, this, I want to say this about Chase Claypool. He had a 40-inch vertical and ran a 4.42. Combine stats aren't everything. But the last guy to weigh over 230 pounds and run faster than a 4.45 – Megatron. Ooh. They call Chase Claypool. They call him Mapletron. (laughs) Yeah, he is Canadian. That's great to see. So, guys, let's just stick in our own division. If you guys are saying, you know, A- minus to B- minus range for us, how do our division rivals compare? Oh, I think the Ravens had a great draft. They pretty much took the uh, Steelers draft board, and they said everyone that they like, we'll pick them. Yeah, the Ravens killed it. The Ravens had a great draft. Cleveland went with the boomer bust strategy. I, I respect it. They're just stocking up on talent. They have a lot of talent in their team. Like Delpit? Delpit could end up being a Pro Bowl caliber safety, I mean, if he stays healthy. Yeah, it was the same with Greedy Williams, though. That's the only question I have. Another LSU guy. He was supposed to be a great value pick in the second round last year because of his talent. And, I mean, he didn't really make a great impact. He actually kind of, from what I've seen, was had a poor year. I mean, he was only a rookie, so he's got a lot of time. But, I mean, we'll see. A lot of the Browns' picks over the past few years seem like they've just been boom or bust. And I don't know if it'll work out. They need a good coaching staff over there. and They just replaced their other one, so we'll see. Hey, regardless, the Delpit pick was a great pick. I mean, he's from DBU, Louisiana State University. So anything can pan out whenever he get get him from there man ohio state is not dbu don't look <laughs> like that nug <laughs> hey man you gotta put some respect on their name who more first round picks than anyone ever just saying just because you're first round pick don't mean you're a superstar <laughs> you know what <laughs> do you want him to fall later in the draft <laughs> 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 and in the fifth round jeff akuda <laughs> What about the Bengals, guys? It's just going to revolve around Joe Burrow's production. Yeah. T. Higgins and Burrow, two solid picks. Other than that, I don't really see anything spectacular about their class. Yeah, I think unless those linebackers they draft in the middle rounds become like pro bowlers or even all pro, it's really going to depend on – or people are really going to look back on how Joe Burrow did to determine the grade for this draft. All right, so when it comes to the Steelers, what else do you guys think we need to do going into the season now that you know what pieces that we drafted? I think just make everybody feel comfortable. Like uh, get Claypool into a role where he doesn't have to do too much as a rookie. Uh, Work with Highsmith. Get him in the room with TJ Watt as much as possible. And give McFarland a shot. Like don't just put him on the bench because he's a rookie. I mean, if he's the best one there, play him. Yeah, find some invincibility serum for Ben. Because if Ben goes down, I mean, I'm sure that we did not prepare this offseason like we did the past two for Mason Rudolph to be coming in. So if we want a real shot at going to the playoffs and even contending for the Super Bowl, Ben has to be healthy once again. 
from a play from a transactional standpoint, I think we need to lock Hilton and Filer up to make sure that that we have them for the foreseeable future. But more than anything, we need to make sure we give TJ Watt that extension because I don't want to go into next season, next off season, with giving him a franchise tag. I want to. We need to get him locked up so we have him on our team for a long time. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I think we have enough pieces to be successful. And I think the Steelers have proven historically that we can, you know, produce guys, get the most out of someone. You know, we don't have to have a top five pick to get a top five player at a position. Guys, as we're about to close this draft, I just want to get everyone's take. Who do you think had the best draft in the entire league? Um, I'm going to have to go with either the Ravens or Vikings. I think both of them had great drafts. They had a lot of good picks. Um, it was a, it was both quantity and quality for them. I think they both had really great drafts and filled a lot of needs. Especially scary to see the Ravens do that in our division. They're already a solid team. They filled a lot of important places they need to fill. I'm going with Baltimore. Yeah, I think as scary as it is, it, it's probably the Baltimore Ravens. They filled all the needs that need, they needed to, and with the picks that they had, they picked some great talent. Outside of Baltimore, I do believe they also had the best class, but I'd go with the Dallas Cowboys with getting Lamb at 17 and then getting uh, B8-ish late in the fourth round, who could be a potential starter for day one for them. They had a great draft. All right, and guys, we began this show on the negative, the busts. Let's end it on the negative. Who sucks? What team really messed us up? Green Bay. I have to agree. I think it's Green Bay. They just I, – I don't think they filled any important need, really, and all their picks were reaches. Yeah, if I'm Jordan Love, I'm really pleased. But if I'm in win-now mode and I'm the Packers, that, that was definitely an L. Ben. Packers. He All refuses right. to say the Eagles. He will not. He will never. The Eagles had a – I'm sorry, the Eagles – Oh, the Eagles had a terrible draft. draft. The bottom three are probably Green Bay, Philly, and Oakland. Worst three drafts out of all of them. I was kicking myself when Philly drafted Rager, and then they took Hurts. My head was spinning. Yeah, well, you know, that's what happens sometimes. Mike Mayock thinks he knows more than everyone. Uh, I don't really know what Philly was doing. They – seem to have their own plan. And Green Bay, well, it worked out the last two times they drafted a quarterback, but we all seem to think Aaron Rodgers still has some left in the bag. Gentlemen, thank you for joining us on The Cycle. Everyone that listened in, we couldn't be more pleased that you're listening in without you. Well, we'd probably still make the podcast, but we just have less viewers. With the coronavirus still going around, we hope that everyone can stay healthy and, you know, with social distancing laws still in place, that you guys are keeping saying that, uh, you know, mental health is important. Reach out to some of your friends, even if you can't hang out with them. Just talking with them is a great way to try and return to some normalcy. Thank you for listening to The Cycle. We'll be back in a couple of days with another podcast, probably about the new rules on the NCAA. Uh, join us next time. Got to act like an egg, and let's roll. Join us next time on The Cycle.